Thanks for being here. I'm glad that you're here with us today. And whether you are uh, continuing with us in the series that we've been going on, or if you're jumping in for the first time today, this is part four of our series called Forgotten Virtues. And just to give you a quick recap, episode number one, we talked about the forgotten virtue of honor. And what a great day to remember that. Um, Episode number two, we talked about the forgotten virtue of purity. Then last time, we looked at the forgotten virtue of loyalty. And if you've missed any of those, or all of those, um, or you know somebody who you think might benefit from being able to do that, or you wanted to listen again, or whatever, we wanted you to know that all of our messages are available for free at our website, intoone.ca again. And we'd love for you to go there, to listen to them, to enjoy them, to re-listen to them, to experience those. But uh, next week, we're going to talk about one of the big problems that we have in our culture, in our society today, where so many people feel entitled. Uh, A lot of people say that this new generation is an entitled generation. It feels like the world owes us everything, or, or at least something, or definitely something more than what I have. And we're going to look next week at the forgotten virtue of gratitude. Today, though... I want to talk to you about the forgotten virtue of integrity. So we were, my family and I, we were on our way on a family vacation. And part of the tradition of this vacation is to start on this trip early and make a breakfast stop about two and a half hours along the road. And so we arrived at the same restaurant that we uh, always do. We ordered basically the same stuff that we always do. Uh, We chat with the server like we always do. We eat like we always do. And we begin to leave like we always do. We make sure everyone goes to the bathroom before we leave like we always do. And that means shifts. So a couple go and then return and then a couple go and then return just like we always do. And then we gather together in the lobby vestibule kind of thing make sure we're all together, and then we head out to reload the van, like we always do. So it was a beautiful day. We're all filled with anticipation, great weather, and we're all feeling pretty good. We settle back in for the drive, and now we're about another hour down the road into a much more uh, off-the-beaten-path kind of landscape. Cell phone coverage was spotty at best. That's an important detail for later. But there was lots to see, so we're just going along, bellies full, generally positive attitudes, um, good spirits, until I had a thought. And I'm sure that you know this too. A single thought can totally kill the mood. This one thought becomes all that you think about. A single thought becomes your single thought. So Cheryl was driving, and I said to her, kind of already knowing the answer, but asking anyways, I say, hey, did you, by any chance, pay for breakfast like we always do? Because I'm fairly certain that I didn't. Uh-oh. So I start searching on my phone for some way to get contact information for the restaurant. Turn it on, no cell service. Great. And now will me, being the pillar of integrity that I am, 
had this next thought flash through my mind. Well, I tried. (laughs) Too bad. But thankfully, the Spirit of God has the larger plans for my life, and so he continually prompted me. Check now. Nothing. Check now. What? Again? How many times do I have to keep trying? Edge connection. All right? And so those of you who are in the know, you already know that an edge connection is basically equivalent to no service. That's sort of the way that it works. Check now. 3G. All right. Search it up. Here's the number. I dial it. Yeah, make the connection. Yeah, may I speak with the manager, please? Sure. Hey, yeah, I just wanted to explain... Drop call. Oh, this is going well, right? What allows you to start to my vacation? So I call back again. I make contact and I ask to speak to the manager and I ask to speak to the server and she's already left, all right? Yes, she had to pay our bill. I go, what? That's so lousy. So I get, call up my bill, find my bill. Let's do this again. And I ask her, um, could you please add a rather large tip? And then I give him my credit card number, and the manager states, wow, what wonderful people you are. She said that. She really did. But I'm telling you so that you can hear it, all right? <laughs> I, I want you to know that, and so you also don't have to be too ashamed of us. She just kept saying, I can't believe you called back. I can't believe you called, and you're going to pay us back. And I'm like, no big deal. And she says, you don't understand. And evidently, this kind of thing must happen much more frequently than we ever thought. She's like, I I can't believe you called back. I can't believe you called back. You want to pay the bill. She's going to be so thrilled. I'm going to call your server right now. And I say, okay, good. And when you do, please tell her that we're sorry, okay? Sorry that we inadvertently wrecked her day. So it's kind of a nice story. But it tells another story at the same time. It's tragic that we live in a world that is more shocked by integrity than they are by the lack of integrity, isn't it? It's tragic when people are more shocked by someone who who does the right thing than they are by someone who doesn't do the right thing. Why is that? How have we gotten to this place? Well, any, any given day, you can turn on the news, which I don't really advise, but you could do that. And almost every day, you're going to find stories about somebody who did something that displays a lack of integrity. And maybe it was the athlete that everybody loved. And we thought, wow, not only is he a great athlete, but he's such a great person. And then this person, we find out that they have a whole other life going on that nobody knows anything about. And we're shocked again. Or, or it could be, could be the, the politician even that said one thing and then totally lived differently or quite honestly. It could be the Christian leader, the pastor, the minister, the priest, the evangelist that said one thing and then had a whole double life going on and that happens over and over Again, and and it's it's not just leaders who are visible, right? But it could be your close friend. Someone that that you've known for years. Someone that you thought 
you knew for years. And they represented one thing. You got to know them in one way, but then you found out that they also lived totally differently. And you're, and you're just disappointed. It happened again. A lack of integrity. And I, and I know that it happens, and, and I can understand why it happens. It's not hard to figure out. And I have compassion on both sides of the people involved in these stories. But that compassion doesn't remove that sense of just disappointment. So let's do this. Let's quick. I want to just build a, a quick definition of, uh, of integrity. And this is to make it simple for you and maybe something that you can hold on to, you can remember later on. So what's integrity? If you're, if you're writing notes, I'm asking you, but I, I'm just going to tell you what I think anyway. So uh, integrity, it's when your behavior matches your beliefs. An integrated lifestyle, right? Integrated integrity is when what you say lines up with what you do. It's when your private life matches your public life. And someone has said integrity is, is uh, uh, what, when, what, you, what you do when no one else is looking. And it's different than your reputation. Your reputation is what others think you are. Your integrity or your lack of integrity is who you really are. It's when your behaviors line up with your beliefs. And King Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, he packaged up a whole bunch of little snippets of wisdom. And he collected these snippets into an ancient historical manuscript that we call Proverbs. And Proverbs is part of the wisdom literature section of uh, what we call the Old Covenant or the Old Testament. And King Solomon says in Proverbs 11, the integrity of the upright guides them. But the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. Wouldn't you agree? Today, there are so many segments of our society that are being destroyed by the duplicity of leaders or of organizations that claim one thing and yet do something else. It's tragic when people are more shocked by integrity than they are by the lack of integrity. So I want to give you a chance to look at a picture. And this picture comes from a book of prayers and a book about, uh, and songs. And it, it, it explores the depth of humanity. All of what is humanity comes in another ancient document called Psalms. And here, King David captures the connection between a relationship with God, with each other, and the life of integrity. It's in Psalm 15. And he starts by saying, Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live in your holy mountain? And what he's really saying there is, God, who can continually enjoy your presence? Who can walk with you? Who can be in fellowship with you? Who do you connect with? And the answer comes, the one whose walk is blameless, who does what is right, integrity. Who speaks from their heart, integrity. Whose tongue utters no slander, Integrity. Who does no wrong to a neighbor, casts no slur on others. Integrity. Who despises a vile person, but honors those who fear the Lord. Integrity. Who keeps an oath, even when it hurts, and does not change their mind. Integrity. Who lends money to the poor without interest? 
who does not accept a bribe against the innocent, integrity, whoever does these things will never be shaken. He who lives a life of integrity will never be shaken. They will reside in a place of stability and peace when you live according to your beliefs, yes, but more importantly than that, according to the beliefs, according to the teachings of our God. Now, we all know the pressure to live without integrity. We all know that there are uh, clear or hinted at benefits for a lack of integrity. But I just want to take a couple of seconds to look at some of the benefits of living a life with integrity. This is not all of them by any means. There's lots, but here's just four. We can start with these. Number one, you can walk closely with God. <coughs> David asked, who, who can dwell in the sanctuary of God? And God responds, who can be close to me? It's he who has integrity. And I like to think of it this way. My kids... Uh, if I impart to them uh, my values and, and they live according to our family values, don't you think that it's going to increase our intimacy? It's going to smooth our relationship. It's going to increase our peace. We're going to have a better sense of connection. Versus if I say, okay, uh, here we are. We are, we are the Clintons. And, and this, is, this is what we stand for. This is what we're about. And they say, forget you, Dad. We don't like your values. We're going to do our own thing. We're going to live outside your family values. You know, I'm still going to love them, but it's going to impair our intimacy. It's going to impede our communion, our fellowship. It's going to have something standing in the way. It's the same thing. It's, it's true also with our relationship to God. When you live according to his values, you can walk with him. You can enjoy his presence daily, moment by moment. Second thing, if you're taking notes, you can write this one down. You'll have a built-in guide. And David discovered that the integrity of the upright guides him. You are not going to have to sit around going, okay, what do I do here? I, if I do this thing, well, I know that's a little bit uh, in the gray area, but I think it's still okay, isn't it? Can I, can I still do that one? No, you just kind of look at it. You don't have to waste your time thinking about it. You say right or wrong, in or out, black or white. You do what's right. Integrity will guide you. It saves you time in your decision-making. Third thing, and this speaks volumes about our connection with God, you'll have a constant peace in your heart. When you put your head down on your pillow at night, you don't have to wonder. You don't have to worry about them finding out about that thing. I hope no one finds out. You know, what if I get caught? What? What if my boss finds out that I did this? I could lose my job. What if I get exposed for this? What if somebody finds out what I'm doing? What if my husband finds out that I'm actually flirting with that other guy at work? What, what if my wife finds out that I've been spending time looking at things that I shouldn't be looking at? You don't have that. You just have peace. There's no fear of getting caught. There's no fear of getting found out. There's no fear of being discovered. And the flip side of that is I don't know anyone who goes to sleep at night thinking, oh man, I hope nobody finds out that I did the right thing. Whoa. If they find out that again, I did the right thing. Whew. Oh, I hope they don't find out that I was leading the path and doing the right thing. You have a persistent 
peace when you do what's right. Number four, you gain trust, you gain respect, you gain honor, you gain influence. If you want great children, well, you be a parent of integrity. If you want influence in the business community, be a person of your word. When you have integrity, people will follow you. Not everyone, obviously, right? It's not everyone. But there will be people who now follow you because they honor you. They will listen to you. They will seek your wisdom. They'll look for your advice because you are a person of integrity. And we don't do this because we have to do this, right? We do this because this is the way of love. This is the path that we live in, and in it, we find and experience delight. This is the way that we live out the great commandment, that we're supposed to love the Lord our God with all that you are, and your neighbor as yourself. The challenge is, though, that so many people aren't. They just, they just aren't people of integrity. This is not a condemnation, it's just a statement of the fact. So what would you say is the opposite of integrity? What, 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 what do non-Christians sort of look at us in the, in the church? They say, Christians, they say this all the time about us. They say, you're just a bunch of what? Hypocrites. Hypocrites. Oh, you're just a bunch of hypocrites, right? The opposite of integrity, being a hypocrite. In the Greek, the, uh, the, the word uh, translated for hypocrite, it means actor, you might remember some of the Greek plays. I'm sure you've studied them at some point where somebody walks on the stage and they've got a stick. And on the end of their stick, they've got a mask. And when they come out, they say, and this is who I am right now. And then later on in the story, they pull out another mask and they say, but this is who I am right now. And never do we see this face. This is who I am or this is who I am. Pretending to be. And that is just so common in our world today. I'm going to represent this one person in this kind of a deal. And I'm going to be this kind of a person in this kind of a relationship. We all have different points in our life that are uh, hypocritical. We, we, we all do it, but it's so hard to see in ourselves. We see it in other people just fine. And we will justify our own behavior all day long. And God just can't. Stand it. When, when we look at Jesus and the way he treated people, he was far harder on the hypocrites than he ever was on the, the prostitutes or the adulterers or those people with all the other vile sins, right? Jesus looked at the hypocrites and he said, woe to you. Now, whenever Jesus sort of breaks out of, of his teaching to say, woe to you, you got to understand there's a big deal going on there. Woe to you means you're, you don't understand how much trouble you're in. You don't understand how much danger you're in. You don't understand how bad this can go for you. And so he's warning them. In verse 25 in Matthew, uh, it says, Woe to you, teachers of the law. Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean, you clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside, they're full of greed and indulgence. Blind Pharisee. First clean the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will be clean. Just jump down to verse 28. It says, in the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous. But on the inside, you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. And when he's talking to those people, that's kind of like he's talking to me. You play actors. You, you lack integrity. You're putting on a good game face. You've got your church face on this morning. You look religious. You look righteous. You're showing yourself to be clean on the outside. But your heart, 
It's filthy with sin. And he goes on, he says, blind Pharisees, you don't even see it. You look in the mirror and it's invisible to you. You're so blind with your own hypocrisy. He says, first clean the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will also be clean. Integrity doesn't start from the outside and seep in. It starts from the inside and it shines out. Be pure on the inside. In the same way, the way that you appear on the outside, you might appear to be righteous, but you've got your mask going, right? On the inside, under your mask, you know you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. And woe to you who lack integrity. Be aware. Be on your guard. Danger. But it's so easy to do, isn't it? Come on, be honest. You don't have to tell anyone else, but tell yourself. It's so honest to put on a little mask and to play the game. Not how you would answer out loud, but what would your life answer? How would your life answer this question? What is your integrity worth? What do your actions say that your integrity is worth? Not how valuable would you say it is. So let's assume that, or let's just uh, um, look at, you're making up your resume and you lie on that to get a better job. Well, then your integrity is worth whatever it is that that job paid. That's what your integrity is worth. You took your integrity and you said, I'm willing to trade this for some perceived benefit. That's what my integrity is worth. So what, what, what's your integrity worth to you? Let's not start at the top. Let's just, let's just jump right down. Let's, let's slide right into there. How low can we go? How many of those little things have we sacrificed our integrity for? Maybe, maybe it's a ream of paper that you've got and you, you, had, you took it home for your home computer and well, that's what your integrity was worth to you. Whatever that ream of paper cost. That, that's what you're saying by your actions. That's what you're saying your integrity is worth. Or maybe you falsify an expense report. You put something down as a personal expense, but it was, you make it look like it's a business expense. That's what your integrity is worth. Maybe you're married and finances are tight, which is kind of what being married means, right? Finances are tight. So when you buy an outfit one day, you hide it for a while. And one lady, she said this, she says, what I do is I buy an outfit and I hide it for two months. And then I put it on. And when my husband says, hey, isn't that a a new outfit? You go, oh no, I've had it for months. And some of you are going, that's exactly what I do. Someone else is probably saying that sounds like a good idea. (laughs) That is not a good idea. But that's what your integrity is worth. Now you're lying to cover for yourself. Some of you might be in business and occasionally you overbill just a little bit because you know that your client can afford it. You said that you, you worked this many hours when you really took care of personal things in that time. Or as the job goes on, you cut some corners. Maybe it's just you personally, and you're you're trying to connect with your friends, and you exaggerate the story just so that they'll like you a little bit more. They'll think you're funnier. Maybe you're a student, and you want those really good grades, and you know that those good grades help you to go to the school that you really want to go to, that you need to get to. You just need to keep your GPA up a little bit. And so you cheat on an exam or you you cheat on a paper just to get by. Well, that's what your integrity is worth to you. It's not what you say. 
But what does your life say that your integrity is worth? When you have integrity, it's all that matters. When you don't have integrity, it's all that matters. So let me ask you, uh, what do you do when you start to realize that you are lacking in integrity? It's, it's just not where it should be. You're the Christian whose bitterness is just evident for all to see. It's not a lie. It's just business. Devoted to your religion, but abusing your spouse. Maybe you wield your religion like a club, bashing the sinners around you with a holiness club. Here's just a few things that we can do to try and shake that off, to try and reconnect with God. So the first one is you got to get to know Jesus and truly get to know him, not know about him, right? You have to, not from a distance, get to know him personally. Because let me tell you right now, you, you can never live a life of integrity purely on your own. You are all, we are all, bent toward sin. We find it. We find a way. The only way you can get to know him is to do that personally, to try and connect with him. And then you allow the indwelling Christ through the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit to lead you to do what is right, to transform your mind so that you are no longer conformed to the ways of this world. You get to know him. You truly get to know him. And then you let him to start living through you. You intentionally live <coughs> and work in partnership with God. Then it's simple. You just try to do what Jesus said to do. And he said, simply let your yes be yes and your no, no. Anything beyond that comes from the evil one. You become a person of your word as Christ lives through you. It's that simple. You let your behavior Line up with your beliefs, and not just your beliefs, right? More importantly, to let them line up with God's beliefs. And when you do, you are walking with God. And you'll have a built-in guide. You'll have a peace available all the time. And you will gain honor, trust, respect, and influence from those around you. So that, that's how you start. It's a, it's a connection, not about, but to you take off the mask. You, you bring the real you. You let God work because, well, because it really does matter. When you have integrity, that's all that matters. When you don't have integrity, that's... Well, don't kid yourself, right? Your marriage without integrity will suffer. Your parenting without integrity will suffer. Your friendships will suffer. Your, your work relationships will suffer. And you will be training all those people around you to live in fear of ever being authentic. Jesus came to free you. It was for freedom that he came. So why content yourself to live in the darkness of lies when you can live in the light of truth? Why say that you have new life in Christ and then refuse the benefits of that new life? Your integrity is a key in our partnership with God. It is part of how we work with him. Our integrity is a key part of our earnest pursuit of Jesus. So it's tragic when the world is more shocked by integrity than they are by the lack of integrity. But as far as we are concerned, we will not be that way. 
We will live with an integrated life under the provision of our Lord, under the Lordship of Christ. And our behaviors will, by the power of the Holy Spirit, increasingly line up with our beliefs, with with God's word, with the model of Christ, and with his help, we will be people of integrity. Here's what I've noticed. The closer you get to God, the more he shines his light on your heart, on your soul, the more of our darkness is revealed. And today, rather than going, oh man, you're right, I'm such a big loser. Instead of just feeling guilty, I want you to see this as an opportunity to bring another part of your life under the alignment with Christ. More freedom is available to you. See that. Feel it. Sense it. Accept it. God wants to reveal to you any of those areas in your life that are not clean, that are not right before him. Just ask him to show you. The point wasn't that you know. The point is that you repent and are clean and are forgiven. Kind Father, we ask that that you, in, in, in in your presence, your Holy Spirit would do a work in us, through us, a work that only you can do. And God, as you reveal and, and as we confess our sins to you, you just, just, you just name it, right? You just, just say, these are the things, God, that I'm struggling with. Just, just here it is. We ask for you to forgive us. Oh, God, we thank you that your grace is greater than we could ever imagine. And if we confess our sins to you, you are faithful and you are just and you will clean us from all of our sins and you will purify us. You'll wipe away all of our unrighteousness. God, God, forgive us for our hypocrisy. Forgive us for every area that we lack integrity in. And God, I pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would indwell our hearts. God, I pray for restored relationships, family, work, marriages. God, I pray that those who would confess that I have, I have not been true in this area of my life, God, please, I pray for forgiveness. I I pray for restoration. I I pray for healing. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would hear those prayers and you would answer. Answer in the same spirit that those prayers are given. Be kind. Meet us where we need to be met. Don't leave us where we were. Move us forward, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.